lightning. Inspirational. Inspirational. Powerfully refining. Powerfully refining. And unapologetically controversial. Conversations with the Royal Impress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your queendom and become the Royal Empress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the Royal Empress. Now Akima, she's the analytical Empress. Akima, she's the Empress that will challenge you. Now, straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversation with the Royal Empress. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress. This is Akila, and joining me is my co-host, Hakima. And our guest co-host this evening is Brother Nathaniel Muhammad. And Nathaniel Muhammad is a self-employed home revolution expert. He is also a political activist and a social media activist who says that his work involves the resurrection business. Anyway, Brother Nathaniel is also a loving and devoted father, and he is joining us tonight to talk about fatherhood. Welcome, Brother Nathaniel. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Peace be upon both of you all. I'm so uh, so humbled to be here with you. We are glad to have you. Yeah, thanks so, for joining us. Fatherhood, Father's Day is here. And right. how, how do you, how, when we think about the word fatherhood, how do we define that? What, what does it mean when we say fatherhood? What does it mean to be a father? Well, it's funny you say fatherhood, you know, because you got the, the uh, suffix hood at the end, and it's about um, father means furthering, further furthering into the future hood is the protection uh father is as we all know he's a protector a provider a maintainer not just on a physical level but on a on a mental and emotional level you know as in terms of being a husband uh maintaining his wife emotionally and physically i mean emotionally and mentally and his children being a father of them maintaining them with guidance, counsel, intelligence, and furthering their life into the future with all of these things. So when we talk about fatherhood, um, that's what what the basis is. And um, I'm blessed to have had a father in my life. So um, his example um, has been a big impact on my life. Um, as being a father as well. When you say you are fortunate enough to have a father and kind of talk about that, like what, what impact does it have on a child to have a father in his life who is furthering him along? 
or her. And the impact is totally uh, indescribable. It's uh, so great that if, if I didn't have one, I, I wouldn't even know where where I'd be uh, right now. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure if I didn't have a father, you know, God would have stepped in and provided the necessary things that I didn't have. But uh, the, the impact on having a father is guidance, wisdom. Uh, even while my father is gone, he, he died in 1999. But the things that he taught me, it just still resides in your heart and guides you to this very day. Um, his example of fearness, fearlessness and protecting his family, doing whatever it, it took to make sure we were safe and secure. And uh, those are the kind of things that, that shaped me and impacted, and impacted me. So that's just an example for you right there. Okay. And what do you think, um, as far as the black community now, I'm like, I'm asking you all of these questions. But I'm just curious because you have, you always have this way of thinking and so much, you know, you're always on point with so many things. And so it just seems like you would just be the perfect person to kind of ask all these questions. To. Well, yeah, the, well, yeah, the black community, um, um, unfortunately, like, you know, on social media, we got a lot of, uh, we got a lot of fake conscious people, you know, that don't want to have, they don't want to take responsibility for the truth. You know, and the truth is that that's why we running around shooting, killing each other in the streets. Ain't no black men in the mass running around shooting people down in Chicago. And that's, that's our children out there. Uh, most, most of whom are fatherless who are running wild in the streets and the streets have become their father. Uh, that's the problem with the black community. You, you, and you already know I'm big, uh, uh, proclaimer of, you know, uniting the black family. And, uh, you already know the high percentage of, um, broken families and, but what does it do? You know, no, no one really wants to talk about that. What, what, what the, the consequences of that are. The consequences are the destruction of our children, the self-destruction of our children as well, and that's that's what's going on. You know, um, there's an African proverb that says, "One knee cannot bring up a child." You know, and uh, you know that's referring to a parent. You know, you need two knees to walk. You need two parents. You need not just a mother. You need a father, but you need a mother too. But our problem, everybody has mothers. We don't have no fathers around. And it's really showing in the streets. When we're running wild, we're murdering each other. And we got to get this family back together. Don't you, think, don't you think, though, like when we, we talk about that, but I feel like in a way we've gotten away from that whole village mentality in our community as well. Because there are times when the father can't be there. And not because he's walked away from his home or anything like that. You have some men who, I mean, sometimes your father will prematurely pass away. Um, 
sometimes you have fathers who are incarcerated, but not necessarily incarcerated for the wrong thing. <laughs> and I say that because I think that there are some justifications for it, particularly in defending your family. And so we do what we have to do in that regard. But I'm just saying, or maybe there's some kind of illness. There's so many factors other than, quote unquote, just a man walking away uh, and not doing for him. He may just not have, he may not be physically capable of doing it. And so then what do we do as a community? Like, shouldn't we have a village mentality? Where are the other fathers? Shouldn't they be out in the streets fathering the children too, furthering them along? Yeah, yes, that that's true. Uh, you know, there's always going to be exceptions to the rule, you know, as things as you have said, um, uh, illnesses, early deaths, uh, other cir- unfortunate circumstances. But I, I feel as if though the, the high percentage of the situation is mostly solvable. And those other exceptions to the rule i feel like that's when the village to step in and uh uncles step parenting and things of that sort should take precedence and village to step in no god he has a way to step in when when there's a circumstance like that as we're discussing a, a, a village helping to raise a child it was some uh a post that you had put out there about, you know, mothers allowing their boyfriends to watch their children. And you were like very adamant, you shouldn't. But if you do, be proactive and put cameras up because you need to know what's going on with your children. And and just when we were talking about the community and that is a reflection of a lot of the posts that you put out as being proactive and being a guardian of the community. The, how important do you feel that or how invested you think our brothers need to be in order to turn our community around? Because you show some great investment in, in, in just the way you think and what you share and the advice that you put out. How invested you think our brothers should be um, in that, in those regards to get our community back to where it is? Man, they should be very committed, invested, and invested in discipline, uh, invested in, yeah, mostly discipline because, like, like, as you said, you know, we got a lot of, um, it's not just, you know, I talk a lot about feminism and stuff, but it's, it's, it is another side of the coin. We we got a lot, a lot of our males are in, in a messed up condition where they, they're not even suitable to be protectors um, because mm-hmm. we have become abusers of our own children and, of, you know, uh, so uh, we have, we need knowledge itself. We need discipline. We need, we need to be re-educated. That we need to be highly invested in uh, in self-development, most mm-hmm. definitely. Um, so it's 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 uh, blame on all ends. You know, we we got a responsibility as men and. And we're we're the men, so you know the responsibility does fall on us first. I'm thinking about investment, and I see so many brothers out there who are invested, who are out there doing the work in the community, 
who have their social programs and that they're going in and they're really trying to mentor boys. Like, how do we encourage other men to step up, you know, and to understand their role and to understand their role as fathers? Because I don't think you have to, to father a child in the biblical sense <laughs> to be a father. That's true. I feel like inspiring men to step up, it's men like men like numbers, you know, I feel like that um if they see a whole lot of other men in a in ranks doing something then they're they're more prone to, to follow and do it. Um as opposed to individuals, you know, uh cajoling them to do something. Um so I feel like uh if they see a positive group of brothers striving to do do something, then they'll they'll do it. They'll do it by force, shame, or just being influenced. So uh, that's the best way uh, to me, you know. And definitely, you know, the Nation of Islam is the best example of that. So. So like uh brother should come on home to the teachings <laughs> of Abu Elijah Muhammad and let let him make you a man, a real man. Teach by example. Or influence That's by right. example. And that you mentioned the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Because yeah, I had, you know, some some great examples in my family. But outside of your family, people also need strong examples. Therefore, I, or members of Therefore, I were the strongest examples of Black men um, standing up for their people for me outside of my household, and even more so. I would say they stood up more so for um, the liberation of Black people, from, in, my, in my eyes, more so than the men in my family. So when you mentioned the FOI, I'm like a lot of people don't understand the impact that the FOI has on the black community. The examples that the brothers, the example, I'm say you too, you FOI brother, but the examples that you all that you all lay for us as women, and and laying the groundwork for what to expect from other brothers in the community and also from my younger brothers. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, it's very, very important. He, as an example, uh, I grew up in, you know, in the streets of Chicago. I was a vice lord. I used to gangbang. I've been in prison. And the example that the Nation of Islam had on me was uh, inspiring me to want to clean myself up and be a man. That That was because my... I mean, I had a father, as I told you in the beginning, but I, I still was a, I still was a disobedient child. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, it, and my my father was a Christian, so he he could, he he was a good man though, but still he couldn't, he couldn't tap into that which the nation was able to tap into because of the of the wisdom that they that we've been blessed to have. So. When I saw the example of that the, the FOI nation, it, 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 it tapped that part that no one had ever tapped before. It made me want to 
being better made made me want to be right, made me want to be all that I could be. Not in the army, but but <laughs> in my own black nation. You know, <laughs> so so that was uh that that their example is definitely prime example and it's very important to the community, very important. Uh, that's the way that I see it. Mm. So. It was to me like you had a your your father, and as great as he was in teaching you to be a man and the basics of being a man, you still had a spiritual father that came in and helped to connect those dots. That's what I'm hearing. You can correct me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm <hearing> it too. <laughs> Well, you know, you could say it. You can't say it that way. And it, it is, yeah, it's true because he was my spiritual father as well, but not in, not, he had some spiritual principles that, that he gave and all that, but he, he didn't, he didn't have the, the wisdom. Mm. And you're right, honorable. Mm. Honorable Minister of Swarkine, he is my spiritual father. So, uh, yeah, I had a spiritual father. But uh, that's so you it. Raised, You're right. You were raised. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again? I said, so you were raised, and then you were raised. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> most, def- most definitely. I think so. Sometimes- that, there you have it. Yeah. That's that meaning of father, isn't it? <laughs> spiritual father of the black community. Mm. <laughs> well, happy Father's Day to the nation of Islam. <laughs> hey, to black people, yeah. period. Happy Father's Day to, right. to black people, to the brothers, <laughs> all our brothers, because like you said, it's a, man, that's beautiful what you just said. Mm-hmm. Because that, that yeah. village, that's a whole village too, though. Because it's not even, even if the father is there, you still have the village to even support what what your father, you know, what your birth father does for you. And, you know, and I think that's part of it. Sometimes there are things that we have a limited knowledge on, even though we know the basics, we know how to, to teach our children right from wrong, and we know how to teach them all sorts of things. But there are some people that may have something else. And, and I think as, if we are a village, then everybody has a, a role and a responsibility to help to teach and, you know, and raise and inspire and, and, you know, help us to ascend to where we're supposed to be or where we've been and get back to where we should be. That's correct. That's right. <laughs> I really like building with y'all, sisters. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. But you have you you have a unique situation that I want to talk about because we're talking about it from this standpoint. But just fa- when we start talking about fatherhood, and sometimes we have those debates about you know what the mother does and what the father does and. You know, or we talk about, just like you said, there are a lot of homes out there now where fathers are not in the homes. And so you have mothers raising their children. And we always hear about the single mother, the single mother. But 
people don't realize that there are a lot of fathers out there who are also raising their children without a co-parent. And so I'm going to let you just address single fatherhood and what it is. Because now let me tell you what I think. I hear a lot of people saying that they're single parents, but yet the, the, the other parent is in the children's life and doing things just like the other parents. So just because you live with one, to me, doesn't mean that you're a single parent because the child lives with you, but yet the father or the mother is coming in, you know, paying, paying support or, you know, also involved with the child's life on a regular and consistent basis. To me, that's co-parenting, not single parenting. You may have a different view of that, but I feel like a single parent is somebody who is actually a single parent and there is no co-parent. Right. Okay, so you agree with me? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I basically agree with you. Because um, uh, I'm, unfortunately, I'm a single father and she, they're, my daughter's mother is not in the picture at all. So, uh, to answer your question, um, single fatherhood and single motherhood uh, is not good, period. Um, it's just something that I would encourage people um, who are in younger relationships and are having children to just stick with the one you got. If you got children with them, I mean, you might as well make it work. I mean, I mean, you got this new age generation that's talking all this. Uh, well, you know, uh, um, it's all right to, to you know, and it, it, it is under certain circumstances, but not not all the time. I mean, if you lay down and make this responsibility, you you lay down and make that responsibility. Okay, then uh, endure endure what it takes to fulfill that responsibility. Sometimes it requires you humbling yourself, making it work with the person you have the child with because uh, single parenting, single parenting ain't what's happening. I mean, for the male or the female, it's hard. I mean, you hear, you hear a lot of men say, can't no woman make a boy into a man. I mean, that's, that's true, you know, but can't no man make a girl into a woman either i mean you know you need a woman you need a woman like i have daughters you need a woman to help raise these girls you know what i'm saying i i i know that i i don't have no problem admitting i'm not gonna be like i could raise these girls all by myself no i need help but uh (laughs) these women need help too i mean it's just it's just something um that's not good. Uh, but I'm doing it, you know, God is blessing me. You know, he, that's your, your, your next help, you know, the help of God. I had a question for you because you said it's hard raising the girls. And um, in, in, a, in a previous podcast, we had advised women to, if you don't have that, that father, if the child's father's not in his life, you need to find appropriate role models for your son like a teacher or, you know, a male friend, you know, or, or uncle. What are your thoughts on finding a, a suitable mentor or 
female role models for your daughter and how do you how do you address that for your daughters? Well, uh uh for one, um my my mother, which is a grandmother, she has uh really played a pivotal uh role in stepping up as as you said uh, brought up about the village. Uh thank God for her because she has, you know, helped me out a lot in uh in that area. And you also have, you know, uh the MGT, you know, who has helped me out a hell of a lot as well with uh, you know, all of the feminine things that women teach women and uh things of that sort, you know. But me me as a man I, I have had to uh um learn more of these type kind of things as well because I'm I don't have you know, I'm I'm raising them by myself. So but uh, those kind of role, uh, people who have been role models, you know, their grandmother, oh, their aunts, um, those kind of people, the, the, the believing community of women, uh, they all have been a blessing to me. So those are the role models. For the audience, that the NGT, that's the women in the Nation of Islam, and then their is the, the brothers in the Nation of Islam, just for our listeners clarification for our listener audience. So thank you, brother, for sharing. I was just joking. I wanted to know how good you are at combing your daughter's hair, but <laughs> we want to see pictures. I'm not that I'm not good. I'm, luckily luckily they know they have mastered that on their own, you know, little ponytails and you know, oh, I baby. just spent some money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, they had to do it on their own. They like, oh Lord, Daddy cannot do my hair. I got to learn how to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta look at some YouTube videos, some jail, <laughs> you know, and some jail. You know about the jail, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, I know about the jail. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm only laughing because I I promise you, I have seen little girls. Have their hair combed by dad, and uh-huh. it's 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 you you usually can tell that that daddy did there. <laughs> so I just want no structure, it's no structure at all to the hairstyle. <laughs> but there are a few brothers, there are a few brothers who 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 have mastered it. So I just wondered uh, how you were with 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 that, considering that you got how many you got all girls that you're taking care of. Yeah, I have custody of two, so um, those are you know the ones who I'm I'm taking care of. But uh, yeah, the hair I'm not good with it at all. <laughs> what about other What about other things? Because I know for me having a son, I think that there are some conversations that he's just not comfortable having with me. Um, that he would rather talk to my brother about, or he would rather, you know, talk to another guy about. Do you have those issues with your daughters, or or are they open with you where everything is on the table? No, I, I believe that they are not. Um, I know I, I I can tell when they're not when they're hiding something when they don't want to talk about something. So I feel like uh, they they go to their grandmother or you know, one of the sisters and talk to him about it. I already told him, you know, if you if you want to 
talk to a woman about something, you know, go talk to your grandmother, talk to one of the sisters, you know. So I talk to them about things that are necessary, but I, I don't like to, um, I don't get into, you know, the feminine or women kind of things. Like I, I let, I let their, their their grandmother take care of all all of their uh, whatever whatever like hygienic things they need to buy. And, <laughs> and I, I let her. I just give her the money and tell her, "Can, can you go handle this?" Because um, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I just feel like, well, you know, we're taught we 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 shouldn't do that anyway. We shouldn't like a father shouldn't be like going taking his daughters to the store trying to buy them underwear. And it's just not. It's just not right. <laughs> you you know what I mean, uh, so you know I let I let I let a woman handle all that. They don't really come to me about very feminine things. They don't. Okay. Because I think you laid the groundwork when you said uh, see grandma <laughs> to talk to your auntie. So it sounds like you laid the groundwork of their shortcomings that I have by being a father, and these are girls. You just you set up a, a direct lineage for them to look. If you have any questions, you go here. So it made it easier for you, and at the same time, it sounds like their needs are met. So they're not getting it shorthanded from a male perspective, but from the ideal perspective, which is which is from another woman or older woman, which is sounds like right. You know. <laughs> I applaud you on that. <laughs> I just, I've heard fathers, I've heard fathers, you know, single fathers talk about how, how difficult it was for them to explain the, the usage of hygiene, feminine hygiene products to their daughter and how comfortable they felt. But mm-hmm. based on the fact that there was no one they could rely on, they had to be that one. And just, and I'm sure that's difficult, but for you, it just seems like because you had those resources available, it was so easy for you to direct them, which turns out to be best for the young lady. Because some things you just can't, I couldn't fathom having that conversation with my dad. I think I would have lost my mind. <laughs> having right. those type of conversation or even having my dad take me to get them, I would have felt so embarrassed and so uncomfortable. Mm. You know, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. As thinking about that, because I've told someone before, the only reason my father knows that I'm not a virgin is because I have a child. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's just certain things that as a, as a woman, well, as a girl, then a woman, like, mm, no, I can't tell my daddy that. Like I told my right. dad, I'm still a virgin. I don't know how these girls got here. I know, right? Dad, I ain't doing nothing. I'm married, but I ain't doing nothing, Dad. I just want you to know we ain't doing nothing. And he chuckled no. like, okay, Back right. The conception around here. <laughs> right. That's what I was about to say. Is it? You know, you always want your dad to think you this uh, this a holy Mary, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. But. He, I, it's, it's amazing when you think about it because I, I really, you know, but there's, I don't know, there's some people I think that may have that relationship with, with their father. I, I know that there's a large percentage of men who are the primary caretakers of their children, far more than I think society even discusses. 
I don't think anybody ever really talks about the statistics or the number of, of men who are actually out here, you know, and, and this is just my whole thing because I, I feel like sometimes, you know, we're constantly hearing about the absent father, but there are some who are just doing it all. And I think mm-hmm. that, that they need to be recognized and then understand also that because we hear about the quote unquote deadbeat dad, this, this mm-hmm. person isn't doing this and blah, 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 blah. When I'm, I'm, I'm willing to say the majority are doing what they're supposed to do. Um, and some, but I do know that I, mm-hmm. I have personally met so many men who were the primary caretakers. And I think because I do um, child custody mediation, prior to me doing that, I would have never guessed so many men were the primary caretakers of their children. And I think I was blown away to see so, so many. And I'm like, and we don't realize that. And I think that they have the same issues and the same conversations that single mothers have or the women who are the primary caretakers. There's a difference in being a primary caretaker and being a single parent. So <laughs> I keep, I keep right. using the terms, but I'm just saying, but they have the same exact conversation. Oh, yeah. You know, Sister Q had to correct me because we were having a, a conversation and I was just like, you know, single mothers this and single mothers that. And, you know, she had to to, to educate me on the fact that, no, it's, it's way more men who are single fathers more than is being put out in the public. And, and I felt ignorant. I was like, man, I was under the impression that it was the other way around. And it was just a enlightening conversation. And it just made me say, hey, let me change my perspective. Because so often, it is put out there, you know, deadbeat dads this and single mothers this. Like, I was educated on what a single parent means. The one who's doing it all. Ain't no co-parenting opportunity here. I did not realize the amount of brothers who were raising their children. And I felt so liberated and was so grateful and was so happy to pass that knowledge on to other women when they talk about these deadbeat dads and how there's so many single mothers and I had to correct them and say, I've been enlightened and I've been educated and there are more brothers out there doing their thing by themselves without the help of the mother than we know. And so I'm so grateful that we're having this conversation and we have you as a witness that we're not just putting facts out there, we're just putting information out there. We have you as an example that there are more brothers than we actually think. I really don't know about the statistics, but I don't, it's, I, I never knew there was more brothers that were uh, primary caretakers than they were women. I always. Uh, oh, I wasn't saying uh, that. I just meant that it was uh, more than what I was, excuse me. What I was right. trying to clarify, what I was trying to say, it was more brothers than we than I actually thought, and so I was just so ignorant to the fact that there are it needs to be awareness brought to it that we assume that a single parent is always a woman with children. That's not true. Right. Okay. I got you. Yeah, you're right because there is a it is a growing number uh, of uh, primary caretaking fathers. You're right because uh, one one of my other friends just uh, got custody of his son and the mother is not in the picture at all. He got uh, uh, full custody. 
So yeah, that more attention needs to be brought uh, brought on to that because it's it's hard for women and for men. But I actually, uh, I've actually gained a a more understanding of and respect for women for what they go through in raising children because uh, doing it on your own, you see. Because I, I'm I'm used to being the the man out working all day uh, while the children are home with their mom and I'm working, working and while she watching the children doing having and all the affairs for the children and I'm I'm working and coming home and not seeing all of the things that she has to do. But now a man gets a greater understanding of a woman's role and uh and I'm sure it's a lot of women out there getting a greater understanding of a man's role because they gotta work. <laughs> they gotta work. So you know, and we all of this stuff is leading us right back to the family again, getting the family back together. But because uh, all this single parenthood, fathers or mothers, not, it, ain't, it ain't none of us no good. What's the answer? The answer For marriage? is <laughs> yes, marriage, you know, foundation of, uh, foundation of community is marriage, foundation of, no. Marriage is the foundation of family. Then family is the foundation of community. Community is the foundation of a strong nation. Mm-hmm. So we need marriage. We need to have family. We need we can't have a can't have marriage with with the same parents and you know, I guess you know, step parenting is the next thing. And that that's a whole nother subject. <laughs> there it is. I would like to come talk to y'all about that, but uh, <laughs> that's a whole other subject. It's a wide range of topics uh, in that. But yes, you're right, though. The family got we got to get the family back together, or else you know we're gonna we we're just gonna have all this GMO stuff going on. Please define that. GMO stuff. What? <laughs> Genetically modified families. GMF, <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, father, fathers with the children, no mother. I mean, it, it just ain't how it's supposed to be. It's not. It's just it's why you know it's the system doing. That's mm-hmm. really uh, the at the root of all of this stuff, man. It really is. Can you expound on that a little bit? The system? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, wow, where do I start? Um, act, act like we act like you sharing a post on Facebook. Give it to us. Give, <laughs> give it to us, Nate style. <laughs> right. Cause see, I need to. I, I, I'm not familiar with your audience, but uh, you know, I mean, America was founded on destruction of the black family from day one. I mean, that that's from day one. Breaking up the family, taking the children away from the mothers and the fathers, and selling them. What? What? what why do you? You know, that's that's why we're so still destroyed now. Because look at where how we started off. Look at how they started us off selling our children. Man, they had our daughters in prostitute houses at from age twelve to sixteen during slavery. Man, this. 
And then we wonder why we got so much prostitution going on in our neighborhoods and and uh, broken families and all that. Because it, all this stuff started from day one. We need we need to get away from this system. Period. The system is what's destroying our families uh, from day one. And then you know you got the sixties, the uh, the welfare not to have a man in the home. You, I know y'all, you know y'all familiar with all that, and that played a part, and then feminism, abortion, and you have all of these forces coming against the family, coming against our, our families. Uh, so we, we've, we've been totally traumatized, and now we just... Uh, we need to separate from this system because we'll, we'll never get the family back together under this system. We'll never do it. It, it, it ain't never going to happen. Look, look at, uh, they claim we we better off now, which we're not because our families are worse off. I mean, at least in the sixties, there was like 60 to 80% of both parents in one home. But look now it's 2019 and, what what what's the percentage now? Uh, twenty nine percent or twenty percent or something like that of uh, mm. both parents in the home. It's I think very it's low. Being made, yeah, it's we, a huge. We, we being made GMO. We being made into GMO. <laughs> I love it, man. man. You're so right. They, I had a I had a teacher. I had a teacher. One of my daughter's teachers had asked a question to. Well, she asked my daughter, and she asked a question of my daughter in front of me and my husband. And this is what she said to my daughter, because my daughter was acting up. And she was like, is this your real mother? And she said, yes. She said, now, I'm going to ask, is this your real father? And my daughter said, yes. So she said, this is your real parents. And my daughter said, yes. And she says, this is your house. Like, you live in a house. You're not renting. She says, yes. She says, you do then you do you do not understand how grateful you are or how blessed you are because there are so many children who have the, the obstacles to overcome before they even get to school. They leave not a household with one parent that's not theirs, or maybe two parents that's not theirs. They may be living with another family that's totally different, that's not even, you know, living with someone else rather. And she talked about how the, so many obstacles that a lot of these young children have before they even get to class. And so that was so eye-opening when she told me, she says, not many children who have both parents in the household, when they have meeting with their parents, it's often four parents show up, the father with his now wife and the mother with her now husband. So now you got all these extra people involved in a situation regarding one child. And it just creates so many obstacles. So when you said that, I'm like, he's so right. Because just to hear teachers confirm that and say, this is the obstacles that children have. And this is what teachers got to deal with. Well, who am I talking to? I'm talking to the father and his wife. And I'm talking to the mother and her husband. And all these people are not in agreement with each other. And the child is sitting right there through all this chaos. It, it, it's wow, You're right. That's a whole nother topic, bro. <laughs> That that's is a, a whole other, mess. Yeah, that's a whole other topic, but it's interesting because you know, as I'm listening to it, I'm like, but why are four people involved? And of course, you know, I'm coming from the standpoint that 
you when when you go to these schools, you put mama down, you put daddy down, and that's who has permission to talk to the school on the parents' behalf unless somebody else is authorized to do so. And you ain't got to authorize nobody that's not the legal mama or daddy to do anything. So that's just interesting to me to even hear that you would have four people, you know what I mean? Well, I have been in the meetings where it's like, well, who are, when they go around table and say, right. who are you? Well, I'm the mother and this is my husband. And I've heard, well, I'm the father and this is my wife. And I'm like, oh my Lord. And this is not like, if there's ever like three or four children in a little, little feud and they, they're against each other and they want to try to hash it out with the parents. Okay, well, we invite the parents. They may be unaware that this parent, these two parents are not married and now they bringing in Oh, I'm bringing in my spouse because they support me. Mm -hmm. It's all kind of all kind of issues or drama right there in itself. Like, right, if I was, if me and my if my husband had a child prior to being married to me, and there was an issue, and it ain't for me. That's for him and the mother to deal with. That's not my business. However, in this society, I guess it makes it more difficult because the child is probably in both places. So now you got all these people who feel vested. So now I gotta say something, stepmother. One, or in the, in the case of the man that's the stepfather, I got to say something because this child spent 50% time in my house. So you got all these scenarios that's just affecting the child and the child's growth and development. Yeah, it can. I guess I just, I, I think about that in terms of, I, I mean, I've seen that when, when I've done uh, mediations where the step-parents will come as well. But if, <laughs> if, there's any, if there's any drama, I put the step-parents out the room. So. <laughs> You say get out. That's good. <laughs> no, no, seriously, because because from a legal standpoint, you have you have no standing, so mm. there's no reason for you to be here unless you are a benefit. Now, on the other side, I've also had the step parent who's been involved in a mediation, and I wanted them to stay because they were the only one in the room with some sense. So. <laughs> Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, so that wow. happens too. So you have you have you have both scenarios because sometimes you have step parents who actually bring more balance than than the biological parents, and so you know it's kind of a you know it, it, it could go either way, but if the step parent is causing any kind of problems, they can't. They're not. They're not welcome to stay in my mediation. Wow. Genetically modified <laughs> families. I love it. GMF, bro, you just started something. I'm gonna be talking about these GMFs. I, see what I'm saying, brother? Uh, you be dropping these bombs. You know, I, I audience definitely got to get to know Brother Nathaniel. That was yeah. deep what you what you dropped. And it all goes back to the the objective or the plan of white supremacy. White supremacy is to destroy the black family. What way to destroy it? How you got a child split between two households and four parents? It's crazy. That's right. Real quick, they got a they got a saying. They say, "How how how you gonna have one basketball team with multiple coaches?" Oh, <laughs> hold on, like, bro, oh. say that again, oh. man. Say that how again. How you gonna so have you one? Mean to tell me, Steve Kerr and, and, and Phil Jackson can't can't coach the same team. <laughs> 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 well, well, now they do have a coach and an assistant coach. <laughs> but see, they no. But see, Steve Kerr and Phil Jackson. Even though Steve Kerr played for Phil Jackson, he's still a head coach. So now you got these two head coaches saying, "I'm the head coach," right? Right, brother mm -hmm. Daniel. Right. 
Oh, wow. That's, that's deep. It really is. And, it, and I mean, y'all just kind of have me thinking about that because, you know, because of course me with my whole village thing where I think that, you know, but we do have those who are the decision makers. And ultimately the parent is the decision maker. And so I think that it is up to the parent to make sure that the that their spouse, who is not the biological parent of the child, understands that the two parents are the actual decision maker mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know? And I think maybe that's something that we need to understand more and more in the community, that you don't get to dictate to the parents what should happen. Now, yeah, I mean, if you're in your household, yeah, you can have certain behaviors that, that are not acceptable in your household. I don't know. You know, I'm, I, I, I came from a blended family, so, um, you know, I guess my perspective is just a little bit different. I mean, my stepfather absolutely had a lot of influence and a lot to say, but he was also a peacemaker. And, <laughs> you know, and so realistically, because he was such a balanced person, there was never a conflict. In fact, I think that he probably was, could talk to my father more so than my mother could. So, you know, so it just, I think it just really depends on the people. You either have somebody who is for the village or you have somebody who's not. Mm. Make sure that you pick the right one when you go out and remarry or get somebody <laughs> else to bring into your child's life. Are they for the village or against the village? So you saying right. that's a courtship question right there? That's a courtship question, right? There. <laughs> Are you pro oh, village yeah. or not? If you're not, we can't continue oh, yeah. this relationship. That's a courtship <laughs> question for real. I mean, it really is. If you're bringing people together like that, you know what is what is it? What you know? What role will you have in this? And that's more so if 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 both parents are actually co-parenting. You don't have that issue at all if, if, you know, if it's a true single parenting situation. What if the household is just, is truly dysfunctional? I mean, I get that you're saying, well, okay, we have these children. But if you're so dysfunctional in that household that to stay together is more detrimental to your children and to part, what, you know, how do you respond to something like that? Well, separation. Um, definitely there, there are some, uh, you know, um, circumstances where, uh, the two adults are, are so dysfunctional or they're not on the same level enough where they're going to become destructive. And, and unfortunately you gotta, you gotta break that up. I mean, but there, uh, the marriage and uh, struggling to become one with someone, it, it's a struggle. So everybody's going to struggle. Um, right. But if, if it's just like you said, then, uh, you know, you got you to gotta break that up. So you're just saying don't let a little bit of discomfort or something is not going your way, let that be a reason for you to separate your family. Exactly. So not the exactly. pets. Right. Right. I mean, we, we black people, I mean, black people going to argue, <laughs> you know, you shouldn't argue in front of the children though. See, they, they no. got to be lines and laid, you know, but we're going to argue, uh, 
going to be disagreement and things of that sort. But one wants to use violence and disrespect and and just once it gets lawless, then then yeah, you got to break that up. But I'm saying, I have a question for you because we 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 have talked about in our podcast previous podcast we talked about single mothers bringing in men around their children too soon in the relationship and from a woman's perspective now from a male well, can you give us a male perspective on that and when you think it's appropriate to bring you know women that you may be interested in around your daughters can you shed some light on that for us or share share your perspective hmm yes uh, i feel as uh me i would I would judge that it's uh, good to do so after she's been. I, I you have to know what she's like when she's angry. Um, what definitely what, what what kind of role model she is as a woman, how she carries herself and everything. But she would have to be tried and and tested, you know, just to, to see what kind of woman she is, and especially how she behaves in your absence when you're not around. It, it's a process. You just have to go through it step by step. It's 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 like a, a test. It's like you're in court. You have to, because these children, man, they are so important that, and there's a lot of adults that are jealous of children. There's a lot of adults mm. that are not suitable to be around children, not not because mm. they're not these adults are not good people, but it's because they are so underdeveloped that they will destroy these children. Mm. So, I, I me a, a woman coming around my children, uh, she she had to she had to uh, be able to control her anger. She would have to be able to control her mouth. Um, and not, not, I'm not saying that as in a chauvinistic way. I'm, I'm being real because, uh, you know, people get mad. They say things that they, if their anger is not under control, then they're going to say things they, they regret. So it's, uh, it's a big test she would have to pass. Big test. Do you think enough? A, a lot of women aren't doing that with the men that they're bringing around. No, hell no, <laughs> no, they're not. Hell no. Well, tell no, us how no. you really feel. <laughs> because I, I, I know. I mean, I, I've seen it firsthand myself. I mean, I'm not being stereotypical, but a lot of them, okay, they're in a, a relationship that failed with the actual father. They're looking for a replacement, looking for a rebound, looking for, uh, and, and that's another. A lot of these Facebook relationships are are the same way, just to prove to your ex, oh, I got somebody, mm. I got somebody to replace Ooh. you. They, you, you, you in a mm. picture with this person, and you don't really care about them. You just, you just enslaving them, basically. You enslaving mm. their soul to show somebody else, ah. Mm. I, I'm in a relationship now, and that's what you get. Blah, 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 blah. Mm, so, Pete, but I've seen that the, so many times. Uh, women try to replace and rebound 
with a person that they haven't even examined. Okay, they they, they like the person mm-hmm. physically and don't know nothing about them. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, this person has destroyed your children. And mm-hmm. you you didn't even care about seeing the real them, you know. I mean, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of things you could do um, to find out who this person is before you leave them around your children. I mean, you you could even you can pray on it. I mean, oh oh oh, alive. Is this man? Is this man a good man? Is he worthy to be for me to leave around my children? He will reveal it to you fast. I mean, whether you accept it or not, it's up to you. But <laughs> he'll tell you, no, he's not. And you want to. Don't believe it, then that's on you. But you, you didn't even, a lot of them don't even care. They don't even do the due diligence of finding out. That's that's all. They move too fast. Yeah. I I, I definitely am in agreement. I don't believe in, in quickie relationships when you have children. You know, even, in, even when we're talking about, you know, process, when you dating, courtship, whatever we want to call it, two, three months ain't enough time when you got children. Because there's so many other factors, I think, that go into play when, when you're doing that. And then you got some people, and, and you, you can kind of tell this to me, where, and, and since we're talking about fathers, when you say replacing that guy, do you, do you feel like sometimes when they get someone else, they give the, 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 the biological father even more problems? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of these. I mean, that that's one of the first signs a woman should should see that this guy's no good. Cause see, I'm the kind of guy that I I don't want to interfere. If the child's not mine, I don't want to. I don't want to interfere with the relationship with him and his father. Mm-hmm. I don't. You know, the Honorable Louis Farr kind of teaches us that. I mean, because there was a brother. Uh, he he went to the minister and told him how yeah I married this woman and and uh, I told told her uh, the father ain't coming around the son and, and the minister put him in check quick brother you you don't stand in the way of of him seeing his child you know basically like who who you think you are you know so that's that's a that's the first sign a woman should see when 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 this man wants want to show he's gonna be an impediment between the children, the child and the parent, if he if he give you any kind of sign of that, that that's that's a red flag for you right there. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't see that as a red flag, then you don't. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. Because what what grown what grown person who got God in them and and know that the children are God's children, what what grown person gonna want to try to stand in the way of them? you know, with, with, with their parent. Hmm. So that's like, when we think about, you know, sometimes the absent father, maybe he's absent because of, of, of situations. Well, we already talked about that, that are beyond his control. And really, if you're a stepfather and you're doing that, then as far as I'm concerned is what we just talked about. You ain't for the village. <laughs> no, you're oh, not. Oh yeah, that's it. They ain't for the village. <laughs> you're not for the village. You on some selfish ego stuff when you stand in the way of somebody's father 
fathering and furthering along their their seed. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes a lot a lot of people could call them simps. You, you, I know you heard that word, right? <laughs> yes, and I've heard you say simp before. <laughs> on the on the popular level, a simp is one who justifies female negative female behavior, justifies female uh, errant female behavior, defends females in their uh, wrongful attitudes, just so that he can get up next to them and and be intimate with them. So, uh, but you also have other kinds of simps who are, who are like these kind of guys who feel, oh, to impress the woman, I, I, I'm the father, you know, uh, and then they're not the father. And the father has been in the child's life, but when he come in the picture, he thinks he's just gonna take over as the mm. father because he wants to impress the mother. You know that's 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 kind of low key, low key symptom. Mm. That's a valid <laughs> point. That's a valid yeah. point because I've heard of situations where or had discussions with men where he ain't financially. I'm taking care of the child financially, so he he don't need to see him. But raising the child is not just financial. Maybe he just don't have the money. But don't try to stand in between him and his relationship with his son. Just because right. he may not financially be there, but he's there emotionally. And that boy needs his dad emotionally. He needs him, of course, on all levels, but if he can get him emotionally, that's one of the most important levels he needs to have his dad. So sometimes mothers do it too. You know, we want to put a, we want to decide what the role of this person as a parent should be to the child that we're a step parent over. And it's not up for us to be the God or the Lord over this parent with their relationship with their child. Do you know what I mean? We become like the parent police sometimes. People, mm -hmm. they want to put these stipulations on someone else's relationship with their child because we feel it should be that way. Like you say, if you got God in you and you're for the community, that, that wouldn't be the behavior that you would be demonstrating. I just say we actually, some of us become like a slave master. We, we want to... We want to play slave master over over somebody with somebody else's child. But you know, but Woo! I think that that's something that we really should stress, and people need to understand: money does not define fatherhood. Mm. Right. Money does not define fatherhood. And just because you get with a man who has more money than the the, the man you had the child with, does not negate him as the father. Mm. And men should not feel inferior because this other man can provide more financially for their child than they can. Because what he can never give to that child is that unconditional love that comes from that natural father. What you, can't be, you, can't replace, you can't replace that in a child's life, especially if that child has a wonderful relationship with the father. Especially if that father loves that child, supports that child is there for that child. Money, children don't remember what you buy them. They remember mm. your love. They mm, remember right. seeing you at their basketball game. They remember you showing up. There's more to it than money. Uh, it's like you said, it's about the love. It's the love that's, that, 
that will stick with the child, the love that you gave them. They feel they going they feel love. And uh, I mean, now money, you, you know, right. it plays a part in that. You gotta have some money. You I get gotta, that. I get that. But you know what I mean. But, <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean. It's not about the money. Uh, it's about the time, the, the the love, and the provision mentally, you know, that you give this child. Well, thank you for saying that because I've had come, I've had disagreements with guys who have said that she get my money, so I don't need to spend time with the child. And I'm asking, I'm like, but yeah, you might give money, but that don't make up for the, the relationship that that child is lacking. Your money don't make up for that. And so often, so many, so many people think because they pay child support, that's all they need to do. But what about the growth and development of that child? It's like they're not concerned. It's like, don't you want to grow and develop on an individual level? Well, when you spend time with your child, that's what you're doing. It's like we like to use our children as pawns. I'm mad at the, the mother or the father, so I'm not even going to participate in their life, or I'm not going to allow them to participate in their life. We, get, we use our children so much as, as a weapon against one another that we lose point or lose sight of the fact that we're supposed to be parenting. Y'all sisters is on it, man. <laughs> I just want to say one thing because uh, what Sister Hakeem was saying, you know, like men, men, because see, it's, it's such a complex, every case is different. Every case. It's so it's so complex. Like like you were saying that a man could be like, well, I'm paying her. I don't need to spend time, and you know, because some of our some of our the sister is back to that system again. It's it's so unjust, you know. I mean, a man paying this certain amount a month, but he only can see the child anyway, like maybe on a, every other weekend, or if he's lucky every weekend, or so he he. He sees that and he just gives up on the whole situation. Like, you know, just to hell with all this, not, you know, because he's hurt, you know, because of the injustice of the situation. So he don't see the bigger picture. And uh, I just, you know, feel like this, this will never, uh, will never have a peace and, um, and understanding with this system, period, you know? I feel like a man, a man by nature, he don't want to pay for something. He don't want to pay a woman to take care of of, a, of something that she's destroying his legacy. You 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 feel me? I mean, if a man, this is how a man thinks. Okay, if, if I'm paying you to take care of my child, I, I still want, I'm not going to pay you to take care of something that you're not, of bringing my legacy in. You're not, you know, this is still my DNA. This is still my child. Whether we're together or not, I have a, a right to to put my legacy and, you know, in, in my child so that when I die, he carry on my name, carry on my legacy. And that, that that's not going on in our community at all. So, you know, a lot of men just give up and walk away because they don't, you know, they don't see that. Is that is that understandable? Yes. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. You know I don't agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't agree. Why not? Why not? 
I don't agree with the because of that you walk away. I think that there is nothing no. on right. So that not not you saying it, but I'm saying, but those who think like right. that. I don't, uh, I don't follow that thinking. I understand how you can feel, but there should be mm-hmm. nothing on this earth that should separate you from your seat. Oh, yeah, I agree. And no, not a, it's not a system a, a, around because the reality of it is, is that you have, even though there are a lot of people, a lot of men feel like the, the court system is stacked against them. I get that. Of course, I'm going to obviously have a different take on that. And, you know, that's, that's, that's a whole other show. But that whole child support thing has changed in the state of Illinois. And so it's not just the father's income that's taken into consideration. It's the mother's income now, too. So that has actually changed. And how much time that father spends with his child is actually deducted from what he would be paying in child support if, of course, she's the actual primary caretaker and not him. But, again, that's a whole... Wow whole other <laughs> I didn't know that yes a lot of people don't know that but that is the reality mm. uh, that, that's that's a good start that's a good start you know <laughs> you know time is money so if you spending time you spending money this is true takes us to our challenges oh my gosh this is such a this topic is getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Woo! <laughs> I'm loving this. I'm excited. So I, I, I got a couple of challenges. Got a couple. Uh, man, bro, you dropped a whole lot. This, this genetically modified family, we need to redefine what the black family is. Man, woman, child. We need to ensure that we protect the black family. That's one of that's challenge number one. Second, we are not the we are not the parent police. We are not to be the impediment for someone else to be able to raise their child. You need to reevaluate your relationship with your stepchild and the step parent. I mean the uh I'm sorry, not the step parent, but the original parent. Are you an impediment for them to have a relationship with their child? If you are, you need to step up off of them. You are not the parent police. Last but not least, we have to think community, and that's something that we're not doing. We're being narcissistic. We're being selfish. All we're thinking about is ourselves, and we're not thinking about how we parent and how we interact with each other on a relationship level is affecting and destroying our nation. That uh, Those are my three challenges. So, uh, Brother Nathaniel, of course, we want to thank you for coming on here and dropping some bombs and, and, and definitely coming up with some definitions, some new definitions that we need to be using in our community. I'm going to start using them. I love it. And now that um, we've ended our show, it's, it's just, there's going to be some people that just want to reach out to it, Brother, because you'd be dropping some bombs. How can they get up with you? Well, you could re- you could visit my Facebook page, Nathaniel Muhammad. Uh, that's a pretty, pretty nice page. Uh, check me out there. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you can visit my Instagram page. It's called Young Young Phyllis God. I'm not on there that much, but uh, you can reach out to me on Facebook, Nathaniel Muhammad. My page stands out. There's no other Nathaniel Muhammad's page like mine. Um, so that, that's how you can reach me. Oh, but you know what? Let me give you a final word, brother. Let me give you a final word for our guests. 
We need to get our families back together. We need to get marriage back together. We need to get our communities back together. We need black love. We can't have black power without black love. Mm. That's my final word. Listeners, we want to thank you so much for tuning in again with this being Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Let's acknowledge our brothers that are single fathers and let's not exclude them for the conversation of being a part of the black family. We look forward to you joining us again. We will join you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Impress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Impress, please visit the website royalimpress.org. You can also follow the Royal Impress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Impress is a subsidiary of the Royal Impress organization. All rights reserved.